Hi, welcome to Living Water Bible Fellowship's audio sermons. It's our prayer and hope that you'll be encouraged and uplifted by the preaching of God's Word. Stick around after the message to hear more about how to contact us. Good morning, everybody. So, if you hadn't noticed, things are kind of different this morning than usual. Uh, Praise God, because He's God no matter how we do it, right? Uh, John's not here, so my goal this morning is to help you all realize how blessed we are to have John as a preacher. So I have a question for you this morning. Uh, I mean, we're all here. Why are you here? Why are you in this building today? Not why are you in the Sandless Valley, that's a question only God can answer, right? Why are you in this building this morning? Are you here because it's Sunday and that's just what we do on Sunday? Are you here because we have really good music and we have free coffee and nice donuts and stuff? Why are you here? Is it the people? Is it because we have this really cool new building back here? Eventually we're going to open up. Are you here because you come to church and that makes you a Christian? If I show up every Sunday, then I'm a Christian. Is that why you're here? Are you here because you need to be? Are you here because there's an emptiness inside you that nothing can fill? Are you here searching for something? You don't know what? But something needs to fill that emptiness inside you. Are you here because you want to worship your God in song, to praise Him? You know who He is. You want to learn more about Him. You want to be here to share with your brothers and sisters in Christ, to fellowship with Him, to love Him, to love your God with Him. You need to be reminded of the gift of grace that God gave us. The salvation we have in His Son who paid the penalty for our sins. Our kids? There ain't any kids here. Where's all the kids? I guess they're not here because their parents made them because there's no kids here this morning. Except for Sophie. Regardless why you're here, In this building, in this church, you will hear God's Word preached. What you do with it is up to you. It's not up to me. It's not up to your spouse. What you do with God's Word is up to you and you alone. Would you please turn with me to Mark chapter 4. We'll continue on where Jerron has left off. Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 1, and may God bless the reading of His Word and bless us through it. It says, And again He began to teach by the seaside, 
And a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables, and said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and, became, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground, and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, and some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus was a teacher. He wasn't a used car salesman. He didn't try to sell himself on the people. He didn't try to sell his product to the people. He just told them the truth. He presented God's truth. And he taught these everyday people, people like you and me, people like those people we saw in the videos in foreign, you know, in Nicaragua and all over the world, everyday people. Not scholarly people, not devout Christian people, everyday people. So he taught them with parables. What's well, a parable? You guys have heard the word parable? I'm sure you all know what a parable is, right? Well, let's go over it again. Basically, it's a spiritual lesson from the world of nature. Things we can see and understand and therefore relate to. It makes it, breaks it down, makes it simple for us simple people. In this parable, he talks about the sower, the guy that went out and sowed the seed. Who is that? That would be God. He talks about the seed. The seed is God's Word, right? And he talks about the soil, the people who hear the Word. It's pretty simple. You guys got this all figured out, right? Jesus even breaks it down and explains it in verses 13 through 20, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But what about verses 10 through 12? Let's read that. Mark chapter 4, verses 10 through 12. It says, But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but to those who are outside all things come in parables, so that, quoting from Isaiah, he says, Seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. Jesus basically told them that only those inside, those with receptive hearts, were permitted to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Kind of rude, wasn't it? So what's this mystery that Jesus was talking about? There's basically four parts to the mystery of God that hadn't been revealed to the people. Number one was that Jesus was rejected when he offered himself as the king of Israel. 
The second part is a period of time would intervene before the kingdom would be literally set up on earth. The third part is during the interim it would exist in spiritual form. All who would acknowledge Christ as king would be in the kingdom, even though the king himself would not be present at that time. The fourth part of the mystery is the word of God would be sown during the interim, where we are now, with varying degrees of success. Some people would actually be converted, but others would be only nominal believers. All professing Christians would be in the kingdom in its outward form, but only the genuine ones would enter the kingdom in its inner reality. This all seems really harsh and mean, doesn't it? I thought God loved everybody. I thought he was all concerned about each and every one of us. Well, he is. But I want you to think about the people that he was preaching to, these people he was teaching. They'd been with him for weeks, months. Right? They had seen him do miracles only God could do. They had witnessed him feed 4,000 people with five loaves and all these things. Blind men healed. Miracles that only God could do. And they didn't, still didn't see this is Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. They wouldn't admit it. All the miracles that he had performed in front of them, and they still didn't believe that this is Jesus who is God in the flesh. So basically what he's saying in verses 10 through 12 is that if they denied that the miracles were of God, then they would be denied the understanding of his teaching. It wasn't what he wanted to do. It's what they did. It's what we do sometimes, right? Is it harsh? Is it unloving? No. It's truth. It's God's truth. It's very simple. The lesson here is don't deny the truth. We can't pick what truths we want to believe. We can't pick what truths fit our lives. We can't make God fit in our box. God's truth is God's truth. We have to make our lives fit God's truth. We don't have to be like these people. How do we know God's truth? Have you seen the miracle? Well, it's in your hand. We have the full revelation of God's truth and God's word and God's mystery in our Bibles. We're without excuse, folks. This is God's word written by him, inspired by God alone. It is witness to all these things. It's verified by archaeologists and it is God's truth. We're without excuse. 
to not believe. We can't pick any other truths. So we move on to verses 13 where Jesus explains the parable. Let's read verses 13 through 20. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? This is a pretty simple one, right? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. And these are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. So in the first part, those seeds sown by the wayside, we see a very hard-hearted person. Just like the hard ground by the side of the road. This person is stubborn and unbroken. Who says the determined no to the Savior. When that happens, Satan snatches away the word. And this person is unmoved. Too hard. I don't need God, right? The stony ground we see in the second person. This person receives the word without conviction. He receives the word gladly, but without repentance. This person is the one that's like, wow, being a Christian is really cool, as long as I don't have to do anything. It's a free gift, why do I have to do anything? Well, you have to believe. The third person makes a promising start, but then they become preoccupied with, with business, with worldly things, with riches. They lose interest in spiritual things and finally quit being a Christian. You can quit, right? The fourth person is the good ground, and this person completely accepts God. God's word, no matter the cost. They are truly born again, loyal subjects of Christ, our King. Nothing can shake their confidence in Him or their love for Him. These people are all in for Jesus, His kingdom, and they want to see it grow. Some produce a little fruit, some produce more, and some produce a lot. Because remember, any farmers in here will know that different seed types produce different amounts of product. That's just the way it is. The, wolves, the most fruitful people in God's kingdom are the ones who obey the word promptly, unquestioningly, 
and joyfully. So you guys are going to be blessed today because it's going to be really short, right? So why are we here this morning? Why are you here this morning? My hope is that you're here to hear God's word, to draw closer to him, to come to understand it more, to have a deeper understanding of his love for us. Through that, we can draw so close to Him. We can worship Him in everything we do. To be a true Christian is the ultimate. The prize is immeasurable. The gift we have is incomparable. He's given us everything we need to be fruitful and faithful followers. It's in our hand, it's His Word. You may think the world today, the problems are too big for God, or this doesn't apply, this modern stuff doesn't apply to God. You know, how can God know about this? The answer to any question you have is in that book in your hand. The true answer. The truth, it's in your hand. So read the word and grow with it. Let it nourish you. Thrive in this life. These times we've been through in the last two years, we ain't seen nothing yet, folks. The world's not getting to be a better place. But God has a plan for us. The future is full of hope. Thrive in this world knowing what lies ahead knowing that Jesus gave his life for you. And you, and you, and you, and even me. God gave his son for us so that he might make us his children. Thank you so much for listening. The gospel according to the Bible is that Jesus Christ, who was and is the eternal God, took on human flesh, was born of a virgin, died for our sins on the cross, and rose from the dead three days later. He then ascended to the Father's right hand, where he sits making intercession for his people, and right now he is establishing the kingdom of God on earth. You can enter into a saving relationship with God by repenting of your sins and placing your full trust in Jesus' life, his death and resurrection on your behalf. In Christ, you will find forgiveness, acceptance, freedom, peace, hope, and a future. If you would like more information about Christianity or Living Water Bible Fellowship, visit our website at livingwateralamosa.org. God bless.